Island Church in Galveston, Texas welcomes you to our podcast. We trust that you will be encouraged by today's message. Uh, good evening, church. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Great things He's done, great things He's doing, and great things He's going to do. You know, our God is up to something good. We would have tried that again. I said, our God is up to something good. That's a little bit better. Oh, God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. And his mercy, mercy. Come on, say that word, mercy. Aren't you glad they're renewed every morning? Come on now. I like stuff fresh every morning. I like fresh coffee and fresh mercy. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Do I get a witness? Come on now. I'm talking about his mercy endureth forever and forever and forever. Hallelujah. You look good tonight. Why don't you tell somebody, why don't you tell them, you know, you look like you've lost some weight. Come on, tell them. Yeah, make them feel good. Come on now. You look like you lost some weight. Yeah, just call those things that be not as though they were. I'll say it again. Just call those things that be not as though they were. Amen. Oh, we're serving a mighty God. We're serving a powerful God. We're serving a mighty, powerful God. And Jesus is his name. Would you just raise your hands one more time all across this great sanctuary and let's just offer him another note of praise. For he alone is worthy. Hallelujah. For he alone is worthy. The psalmist said, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Oh, we bless you, Father God. Hallelujah. We exalt you. We extol thee, my God. We revel in thy goodness. Oh, hallelujah. You're wonderful. You're glorious. You're mighty. Hallelujah. We praise you, oh God. Hallelujah. Oh, can somebody shout, he is worthy. He is worthy. We sang the song earlier, the words were there, it is finished. Say those words, it is finished. We just went through the time as Christians. We're not Easter goers as two, I won't say what they are, as two non-believers said, but we're Christians. But in that time, Jesus said those three words. He said, what? It is finished. Aren't you glad he didn't say, I am finished? Come on now. But he said, it is finished. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Well, how many have your Bibles with you tonight? Why don't you just hold them up high and make the devil man come on up. Hold up your Bibles, your iPads, your iPhones, your blackberries, strawberries, blueberries, cranberries, raspberries, fruit basket. Turn over with me, please, to Mark chapter 10. Hallelujah. The Gospel of Mark. The Gospel of Mark. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Mark chapter 10. Oh, God is good. Once again, I say, I love you, the saints of Island Church. You're a great bunch. I hope I get to live on your street in heaven. Amen. It's going to be good. But we miss our pastors. How many of you love and appreciate pastors Rusty and Leah? Come on now. Oh, you've got two of the finest. You've got two 
that love you dearly, two shepherds that care about your soul, that watch over you. I love them. I honor them. I bless them. Amen. Mark's Gospel, chapter 10, beginning with verse number 46. If you're there, shout, I'm there. If you're not, just listen up. And they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho, he didn't stay there long. And they came to Jericho as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people. Blind Barnabas, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Beloved, this is your moment. I'll say it again. This is your moment. I want you to say this after me, please. Say, this is my moment. Come on. Again, this is my moment. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And Father, I believe that tonight your word, your holy seed will go forth. It will fall upon good ground. And for your glory, it will bring forth much fruit. 30, 60, and even a hundredfold. We thank you now. We bless you. And all of God's people said together, Amen. Amen. That sounded good. You better say it again. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I said, this is your moment. And beloved, you need to seize your moment. Hear me. You need to seize the opportunity of a lifetime in the opportunity. I'm sorry. You need to seize the opportunity of a lifetime in the lifetime of an opportunity. I said, this is your moment. Tell somebody, say, this is your moment. I preached a message years ago from this portion of Scripture. I preached along these lines years ago. Don't let your miracle pass you by. Now, years ago, I heard Dr. O. Roberts make this statement. He said, miracles pass us by every day. Maybe so. But it is time for that to stop. Amen. Beloved, this is your moment of whatever you do. Don't let your miracle pass you by. But the Bible tells us that Jesus, he went into Jericho. But notice, he didn't stay there. He went into Jericho, and as he left Jericho, why is that? Because in Joshua chapter 6, there was a curse that was placed upon the city of Jericho. And Jesus will always bring his people out of an accursed place. 
And Jesus went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude of people. And they're walking down, I call it the Jericho Road. They're walking down the Jericho Road. And the Bible tells us there, sitting by the highway side, was a beggar. We know him as Barnabas. But Christian historians would tell us perhaps that was not his name. Now we call him Barnabas, but notice this. Barnabas. What does that mean? Bar means the son of. Okay? Bar means the son of Timaeus. He was Barnabas, the son of Timaeus. Now we don't really know if that was his name or not, or just the son of Timaeus. You could say he was virtually a nobody sitting nowhere, but he was sitting there at the highway side begging. Can you see him now? He was crying out alms for the blind man. Alms, somebody please help me. Alms, can somebody please help me? Please, somebody, alms. But nobody would help him. But people kept passing him by. Will somebody please help me now? Alms, alms for the blind man. Alms for the blind man, please, somebody. But nobody would help him. But all of a sudden, we'll call him Barnabas. But all of a sudden, Barnabas heard the commotion. He heard the footsteps getting louder and louder and louder. He knew something was going on. He knew something was happening. And Barnabas cried out, what's going on? What's happening? What it is? And so people wouldn't stop, but he kept on. He said, what's going on? Somebody please help me. Tell me now. What's going on? And somebody slowed down just long enough. And they said, it's Jesus of Nazareth. And he's passing this way. In other words, it was saying Jesus is here right now. I like that. But notice what the Bible says. And when he heard, everybody shout heard. And when he heard, back up please about verse number 47 and 48. And when he heard, everybody shout heard. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. Now let me ask you this question. In days gone by, what did Barnabas heard about this Jesus of Nazareth? He heard that Jesus walked upon the water. He turned the water into wine. He fed the five thousand. He cast out devils. He cleansed the leper. He raised the dead. He heard how Jesus went about doing good and healing all those that were oppressed of the devil. He heard about the healing power, the miracle power that flowed through this man. But when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, but notice that word again, when he heard, because that one word heard there in the original Greek does not mean with the hearing of the ear. But that one word heard means and having an understanding thereof. Let me ask you a question. What did Barnabas have an understanding thereof? Look at it, beloved. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, what happened? He began to cry out. Honey, he didn't just cry one time, but he kept on over and over and over again. He was, but notice what he cried out. He did not cry out Jesus of Nazareth. Why? Because in that day, many men were called Jesus. That was a natural term. Jesus of Nazareth was a natural term. But notice he did not cry out Jesus of Nazareth. But what did he cry out? He cried out what? Jesus, thou 
son of David. Why is that? Because he heard, he had an understanding there of what is that? He had an understanding of who was passing by. He knew that this was God Almighty manifest in the flesh. He knew this was the virgin born son of God. He knew this was the prophet's Messiah. He knew this was the same one that Isaiah spoke of, that Jeremiah spoke of, that Micah spoke of, that Malachi spoke of. No, he knew who was and he cried out what? Jesus, thou son of David. Why don't you say that name when we come on church? Jesus, say it again. Jesus, say like you know him. Jesus, say like you love him. Jesus, say it and torment the devil. Jesus. But he knew he was passing his way. And church, let me tell you something. I read that same Jesus who has not changed. He is passing this way tonight. Hallelujah. And he's no respect for persons. Amen. It just hit me. Years ago, I was preaching in Pasadena, Texas. For a friend of mine, John McDuffin. And I said, he's no respecter of persons. I preached on that night. And the next night, one lady stood up and said, you know, just like Brother Danny preached last night, God has no respectable people. Come on now. <laughs> she missed it. Come on now. But where was I? Oh, yeah. God is no respect for persons. Beloved, you'll begin to cry like he cried out. Something is going to happen. Come on, shout Amen. And so he cried out over and over and over again. The trouble of so many people today, they cry out one time, and if nothing happens, they'll say, well, shucks. It just didn't happen for me. They'll cry two times. Well, it just didn't work. Three times, but honey, you got to keep on crying out because in the Greek, it was saying he kept on crying out over and over and over and over and over again. And he cried out, what Jesus of Nazareth, have mercy on me. And when he did that, notice the next verse. The Bible tells us that religious crowd, they said, shut up, Barnabas, stop that, chill out, calm down, take it easy. Don't you know this is a, a Methodist church? Come on out. Oh, don't get fanatical like that. Have you had people try to put out your shout? Come on now. Honey, don't let nobody put out your shout. Come on. But they said, calm down, chill out, take it easy, calm down. You're getting too wild. You're getting fanatical here. But notice what the Bible says. But he cried out the more. Everybody shut more. He cried out the more a great deal. Now this afternoon, I was looking at different versions of the Bible. And one version says, he cried out even louder. He cried out more abundantly. The other version says he, he got a second wind and kept on crying out. I like that. Hallelujah. But notice what he cried out. He kept on crying out what? Jesus, thou son of David. But why is that so important? Hear me. Because according to Christian historians, this was the last time that Jesus ever passed away. But he did not know it was going to be the last time. But guess what? He began to seize that opportunity. And I would say, this is your time. You need to seize your opportunity. You need to begin to cry with a heart of faith, Jesus, thou son of David. Jesus, thou son of God. Jesus, thou blessed redeemer. Jesus, my master. Jesus, have mercy upon me. But the Bible says he cried out more and more and more again. But notice what happened when he cried out. The Bible tells us in the next verse, and Jesus did what? 
stood still. Woo! Have you ever stopped the Lord in his tracks? Come on, talk to me, somebody. I mean, he was just walking in the road calmly, just having a good old time, just with his disciples. And all of a sudden, woo! He came to a grand and halt. Guess what? Your faith will always stop the Lord in his tracks. Say, man, don't you think otherwise. But the Bible says, and Jesus stood still. Let me ask you again. Have you ever had the Lord stop for you? Come on now. Have you ever had the Lord stop in his tracks for you? I was down in Miami, Florida a number of years ago. And, and the pastor said, to Brother Danny, we've got two Sunday morning services. And you've got to turn the first service back over to me no later than 9.30. Some of you don't get up to 9.30 on Sunday mornings. But you've got to turn the first service back over to me by 9.30 because we've got to get them out to get them in. The second service starts at 10 o'clock. And so here was trying to be obedient, trying to be submissive. 9.30 came. I was finished. But God won. Come on now. I mean, people are getting saved and healed and filled and thrilled and blessed and touched by God. I'm talking about it was getting fanatical, kind of like a fall harvest. Come on now. I'm talking about here that we're having a good old time. And at 9.30, I turned to the pastor. I said, Pastor, would you come? He goes, uh-uh, uh-uh. I'm not going to touch this one. Come on out. I mean, God was moving. And so here was 930, 935, 940, 945, 950, 955. People were coming in already for the second service. I'm talking about the place of full people standing around the walls. Nobody was leaving. And finally at 955, I turned and said, Pastor, would you please come and take the service? No, when, he, when I said that all of a sudden I heard something, I heard something, not with the natural, but I heard it with the ears of the Spirit. I heard something. I said, what is that? What is that? What is that? And I began to look over the congregation. I said, what is that? What is that? I looked in the balcony. I said, what is that? I, don't, I said, what is that? I hear, some, I hear something. I looked back about five or six rows back, and I saw this one lady. I said, honey, what is it? What do you believe in God for? And she said, I'm not going to let this service finish until I get my miracle. Come on now. I said, what do you believe in God for? She said, I've been married for 20 years, and for 20 years I've been trying to get pregnant, but I can't seem to get pregnant. But I want to be a mama. I looked at her. I said, honey, get ready. Before this year is over, you're going to have a baby in your arms. Guess what? She did. Hallelujah. Oh, let me tell you. She was saying, I am not going to let my miracle pass me by. She was saying, this is my moment. Her face stopped the Lord in his tracks. And that's what happened for Barnabas. His face stopped the Lord in his tracks. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man. Who called him? That same crowd that said, shut up, calm down, shut up. They then jumped on the bandwagon. Come on now. And that same religious crowd, they said to the blind man, be of good comfort. Rise, he's calling thee. I like that. But I was reading this afternoon in the Message Bible. In the Message Bible, I was reading this. They said, cheer up, boy. It's your lucky day. Come on out. <laughs> and the next verse, verse 49 says this. And he, talking about Barnabas, and he casting away his garment. Why is that? 
Why is that so important? Because in those days, the government of Israel, they allowed beggars to had to wear certain garments. You see a person from a distance, and just by the apparel of the garment they wore, you knew that they were a beggar, a blind beggar. But guess what happened? When they said, get up, boy, it's your lucky day, rise. He's calling you. The first thing he did was this. He took that garment and he threw it off of him. Why is that? Because he was saying, I'm going to need this no more. Come on now. And church, I got a word for you. Why don't you cast off that garment of yours, that garment of fear and worry and despair and poverty and confusion. Why? Because you're going to need it no more. He cast it off. He said, I'm forgetting the whole. This is a new day. Everybody shout, a new day. Whoa, hallelujah. I feel like preaching. Come on now. He cast off that garment, and then what happened? He what? He arose. Everybody shout, get up. Yeah. Can you never say, get up. get up? You've been down long enough. It's time to what? Get up. He cast away that garment. He arose, and he went to Peter, James, and John. Right? He went to Thaddeus, Bartholomew, and to Andrew. Right? No. Who are you going to? Well, I'm going to T.D. Jakes. I'm going to Brother Copeland. I'm going to Benny Hinn. I'm going to George. Honey, you're going to the wrong one. Oh, guess what? He cast off that garment. He rose and he went to Jesus. Come on, say that name. Jesus. Because he knew who was there. He knew who was calling for him. He knew that this was the Messiah, the son of David. How would you like to have the Lord speak to you personally and say, come here. Roland, come here, Chris, come here. Oh, my friend, he's saying the same thing that I do. He's saying, my child, come unto me because I've got a whole lot in store for you. Come on now. But he cast away that garment. He rose and he went to Jesus. And when he went to Jesus, Jesus asked him a question. Notice what he asked him in verse number 51. And Jesus answered and said to him, what wilt thou that I will do unto thee? How do we don't talk like that in Texas? Come on now. <laughs> now, if Jesus is here right now, he wouldn't say, what wilt thou that I will do unto thee? He would say, what you want, boy? Come on now. <laughs> he said, what do you want? What is it? What wilt thou that I will do to thee? You see, he was asking a very, very specific question. And guess what he wanted? A very, very specific answer. And you know, many people never receive from God because they're never specific with God. God is not the God of generalities. He's the God of specifics. Sometimes I'll be in a prayer line, Brother Destin, I'll come up to somebody and I'll say, well, what do you want? They say, well, whatever God wants. I'll say, I didn't ask what God wants. I said, what do you want? Come on now. And he's asking the question tonight because your faith is stopping him. What is it, my son? What is it, my daughter, you're believing God for? Why don't you begin to cry out to him like Barnabas cried out? I'm crying out for the healing of my body. I'm crying out for the salvation of my home. I'm crying out for deliverance. I'm crying out for blessing. I'm crying out for increase. I'm crying out for an answer. I'm crying for what is it? God is asking the question, what is it, my son? What is it, my daughter? What will power the I would do to thee. You've got to be specific. Not people of generalities. They do that in one cheese. Come on now. Woo! Hallelujah. 
Several years ago, I was in a place called Whitesburg, Kentucky. Whitesburg is not the jumping off point, but you can see it from there. Now, I may have told this, but I was in a prayer line, and I was praying for this one, and 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 this one. And I finally came to this one lady. I said, honey, I said, I said, what can I pray about? She said, I need more money. I said, okay. I said, but I said, what do you need? She said, I need more money. I said, okay. Now, let me kind of back up. Before the service started that I, somebody came up to me and gave me a Pentecostal handshake. Does anybody know what a Pentecostal handshake is? Come on now. That's where they shake your hand. There's something in it. Not lint. Come on now. Um, they'll give you some cash or a check. And I mean, they shook my hand with visitors. And I said, whoa, it was a hundred dollar bill. And when I got it, I already had it spent. Come on now. I met some CDs, one of the buy. I said, whoa, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And so here was in that plan. I said, what you want? She said, more money. I said, okay, but tell me, what do you need? She said, more money. I said, but honey, tell me exactly what do you need? She said, more money. When I reached in my pocket, I pulled out a quarter. I put it in her hand. I said, rejoice. Your prayer has been answered. Hallelujah. <laughs> she looked at me like a cow looking at a new gate. She said, what is this? I said, that's the answer to your prayer. You said you wanted more money and any more money. Here it is. Praise the Lord. Let us both rejoice. She said, that's not what I need. And I said, if that's not what you need, tell me, please, what do you need? She said, I don't have $1,200 tomorrow morning. By 9 o'clock, the sheriff is coming, and I'm going to be evicted, and I have nowhere to go. And I said, the Lord will provide. And the Lord says, son, you say that, but I want you to bless her. I said, how's that, Lord? I just gave her a quarter. And he said, son, I want you to give the $100 bill to her. I said, Lord, help me now. <laughs> He said, son, I gave that to you to give it to her. And I said, okay, Lord. And I gave the $100. I said, honey, here's $100. I believe somehow, some way, somehow, some way, God's going to make a way. Well, the next morning, a friend of hers who lived in Hazard. You ever heard of Hazard? The Dukes of Hazard, Hazard, Kentucky. A friend of hers from Hazard was driving through Whitesburg and called her and said, hey, haven't seen you in a while. And I'm just thinking about maybe just coming over and seeing you. She said, you better hurry. Come on now. <laughs> and so a friend comes over there. They begin to talk for a moment. And then a friend says, hey, the Lord spoke to me on the way here to bless you. The Lord told me to give you all the money I've got on me. Does anybody want to take a guess how much money she had on her? $1,100. Come on, shall Yeah. I mean, she laid it down. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. The eleven plus my one was how much? Twelve hundred. And as soon as she gave the money, the very split second, she gave the money, guess what? There was a knock at the door. Come on now. How many are God's own time? Hello. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is Jehovah Raka. But guess what? He's also Jehovah Nicotine. He'll come in the nick of time. Come on now. Yes, he will. Hallelujah. Oh, you like that, didn't you, Brandon? Hallelujah. Yeah. Everybody shall thank God for Jehovah Nicotine. Hallelujah. Whoa. 
How did I get off on that? Come on now. But I'm, t- oh yeah, being specific. He said, what wilt thou that I will do to thee? He said, Lord, that I might be prayed for. No. Lord, that you might rub some oil on me. No. He said, Lord, that I might what? Receive my sight. Lord says, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately the man received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. But, beloved, you've got to seize your moment. You've got to seize your moment. Don't let your miracle pass you by. I was preaching outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee, several years ago. And I was preaching away, having a good time, minding my own business. I mean, I was preaching so good that night, I wanted to buy the CD myself. It was good. I was just preaching away. I was preaching away. And all of a sudden, this young lady comes walking in the back door. She's holding a baby. And when she comes walking, everybody begins to turn and get to point at her. And they knew her, but I didn't, so I kept on preaching. I kept on preaching. And as I was preaching, I kept looking back to that lady holding the baby. I kept on preaching. It was good. I kept on. I was having a good time. I was waxing eloquent. I was working up a lather. It was good. And I was just preaching away. And I kept being drawn to that lady. And all of a sudden, Brother Rule, I couldn't take it anymore. I just jumped out that platform. I ran back there and I laid my hands on that little tiny itsy bitsy baby. And I prayed a good old Pentecost to prayer. An RW Shambok prayer. Come on. Wow! And I just said, in the name of Jesus, I said, I command the spirit of death to leave this baby. I said, this baby shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. When I'm praying that prayer, all of a sudden, that mama started shouting. That little baby started shouting. The whole church started shouting. And I wanted to shout, but I didn't know what in the world they were shouting about. Come on now. And I would just stand there. The whole church is getting wild. Wow, thank you, Lord. I mean, they were getting happy and jerking a little bit. Come on out. It was an old-time Pentecostal church. You ever seen those old-timers jerk like that? They did it one, Jesus. Simply come on out. Wow. Sister Bricky, hallelujah. And Miss Bob, come on out, others. You know, my mom was old-time Pentecostal. She'd do that. I tried it one time and hurt my neck, so I quit. Come on out. I'd be there getting happy and rejoicing and praising God, having a good old time. And I would just say, I didn't know what to get happy about. Come on now. But all of a sudden, the pastor comes over. Thank God it did. He said, Brother Dan, I said, yes, sir. He said, that is my daughter, and that is my grandson. And I did not know they were coming. Later on, I found out the story. Her name was named the baby's, the baby's name. His, boy, his name was Hayden. And she said, tonight's the last night of that revival, and I'm not going to let my miracle pass me by because something happened. That little baby boy, Hayden, had a condition, a rare, rare, rare condition called bundle brain blockage. And babies who had that, they lived no more than about a year at the most, maybe two years at the very, very most. I didn't know that, but I laid my hands upon that baby. I commanded the spirit of death to go. I said in the name of Jesus, this baby shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Come on, shout amen. But that mama said, I'm not going to miss my moment. I'm going to seize my opportunity. I'm not going to let my miracle pass me by. Well, guess what? 
She went back to the same doctor about a month later and the doctor said, Mrs. Stevens, I don't know what to say, but this is now the same baby you had before because this baby is healthy. This baby is whole. This baby is normal. This baby is perfect. There's not a sickness, no disease in this baby's body. Come on, shout amen. Oh, but what are you saying? I'm saying this. Jesus is here right now. Jesus, the son of David, is passing by. And my friend, if you begin to cry out to him right now, it doesn't matter what you have going on in your life. He is your God. He is your Lord. He is your Savior. He is your Redeemer. And I'll say it again and again and again. Your faith begins to lift on high. Your faith will stop him every time. Oh, can somebody shout amen. Praise team, would you come? Would you come? Would you come quickly? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the key of D. For don't let your miracle pass you by. I sing every song in the same key usually. Usually sing the key of H. That's for hallelujah. That's for help me, Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, just begin to play, Brother Frank. Begin to play. What are you going through? Maybe you feel like a Barnabas. Was that really his name? We don't know. Some Christian... Scholar says that was not really his name. He was just known as the son of Timaeus. You ever feel like you were nobody? You ever feel like you were nothing just sitting by the highway side begging? Maybe so, but you're not. Because guess what? Right now, Jesus is passing by. 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 I said, Jesus is passing by. What do you need tonight? You're sitting there like Barnabas was sitting there, but you're not a beggar or a believer. You're sitting there. You hear me right now as you're sitting there. Guess what? Jesus is passing by. Or the multitude said to Barnabas, Jesus is here right now. He's here. He's passing by. And I will say this to you. Whatever you need tonight, whatever you need, he is. Whatever you need, he has. And whatever you need, he can do. He is in this house tonight. Would you stand, please? Would you stand? Hallelujah, hallelujah. I know that many of you were saying he's healing about it. Yes, I know that. But the Spirit of God was saying to me tonight, they remember you. There are a number of you. And you've been knocked down emotionally. You've been slapped around. You feel like hell has been walking on you, using you as a doormat. But get ready, get ready. Things are going to change right now. I'm here to say that this is your moment. This is your moment. Come on, church. Shout it out loud. This is my moment. Do you believe that? 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 You've got to begin to cry it over and over again. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, whosoever shall cry out upon the Lord, they shall be saved, they shall be healed, they shall be delivered. How many is ready for God to stop for you? Come on now. Your faith will stop him. Your faith will stop the Lord in his choice like he did the lady there at the church in Miami. The faith of Barnabas stopped the Lord in the strikes of Barnabas. He received his sight. Hallelujah. But I'm asking tonight, what is it you're believing God for? 
What is it you're crying out for? Don't begin to respond in generalities. But what's the one thing, the one thing, the one thing? I know there may be five and ten and twenty things you would ask later on for, but I'm not talking about the five, the ten, the twenty, but what's the one thing right now? What's the one thing right now that's down in your heart of hearts? You say, Lord, this is what I need. Well, let me tell you something. That one thing is about ready to manifest. It won't be long, honey. It won't be long. God is going to turn it around. I can hear the Spirit of God saying, He's heard your cry like you heard the cry of Barnabas. And don't worry. I've heard you, my daughter. Get ready, get ready, get ready because it's on the way. Listen, listen to what I would say. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, shout amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, praise him, praise him, praise him. Raise your hands up, mama. Raise your hands up. The healing power of the Lord is all. I see it right now. Hallelujah is coming down like a mist upon your lips. In the name of the Lord, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Right now, down the throat, down the throat, down the esophagus. Right now, the healing power of God is flowing. Down the throat, the healing, the lining of the throat, down the esophagus, the healing power is flowing even right now. Oh, what is it you're believing God for? What is it you're believing God for? Now, I am a gentleman. When I represent the master, but I was at a church in South Georgia last month. I came up to a lady, walked up to her. Had to be the Holy Ghost because I would never say something like this. I mean, she's a very large woman. And I looked at her, I said, honey, I would never embarrass you, but I gotta tell you what God told me to tell you. I says, you're obese. You're extremely overweight, you're fat. Now, I would never say that to a woman. Come on now. I said, but God told me to tell you, you're about ready to have supernatural weight loss. She began to weep like a baby. And she said, that's God, that's God, that's God, what you said. I thought I was embarrassing her. She said, but God said the same thing to me. God said, brother, hey, my daughter, you're obese. You're extremely overweight. You're fat. <laughs> you need to get rid of it. Can I say, since that time in less than a month, she's lost so much weight. It will astound you if I told you what she's lost in a month's time. It's coming off. Woo! Hallelujah. I don't feel led to pray for that tonight. Come on, I don't just stay back. But that night, I told the people, I said, what's the one thing? The one thing. And she could have prayed for different things. She had children that were lost and undone. Family members that needed a job. But that one thing, one thing, she would say, Lord, I want you to help me. I want you to help me. Because I want to be healthy. I want this temple to be a healthy temple for your glory. What's the one thing you're believing God for? Come on, raise your hands up high. The Lord is saying the same thing to you. He said to Barnabas, what wilt thou that I will do unto thee? What is you crying out for? What is you believing God for? Hallelujah. We're going to pray. We're going to believe God tonight. Hallelujah. 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 Oh. 
blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Oh, begin to cry, beloved, for your answer. Begin to cry for your breakthrough. Begin to cry for your healing. Begin to cry for your miracle. Begin to cry for the glory to be manifest. Begin to cry for his blessings to overtake you. Begin to cry for divine direction. Begin to cry for joy unspeakable. Come on now. Begin to cry for supernatural abundance. Begin to cry for Jesus to meet you at your point of need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Can somebody say thank you, Lord? Thank you, Lord. Oh, you're about ready to see some things happen here. We're about ready to see some things happen at Island Church. This church is poised for a breakthrough. This church is walking on the edge of a miracle. You're about ready to see some things you've never seen before. And you've seen great things before. But God said, I'm about to raise this church up. Hold on, this is not Danny Johnson. That's not on my notes. This is the Holy Ghost. God said, get ready. I'm about to raise this church up. I'm about to raise this church up to a new level, a new dimension, saith God. And people that are going to start coming, they've come before. They've come before and they receive the healing. They receive the deliverance. They receive their miracles. But guess what? It's going to be broadcast far and wide by a spirit about this place. And this place is going to be known as a place of the miraculous. This place is going to be known as the place of the supernatural. I'm not talking a place of the mundane, but a place of the miraculous. I'm not talking about a place of the superficial, but I'm talking about a place of the supernatural. And people that are going to start coming from all around. Yea, the north, the south, the, not the east, that's the ocean. The north, the south, and the west. Come on now, they're coming in. Hallelujah. From all around. Come on, shout amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why? Because there's something. There's something. There's something. Who is here? Who is here? Who is here? Jesus is here. Can somebody shout, he's here, he's here, he's here. I want to pray for some of you tonight that need the miracle of the Lord. Here before we pray, what can God do? Whatever you can believe in for. I told this testimony as I was preaching a few years ago. But in 2004, I had an accident. I was in the process of just remodeling around the house and I had a, a little barrier set up between my, my kitchen and the dining room because I didn't want my, my dogs. I got two big old ferocious shih tzus. They're my buddies. I didn't want them to go down and get hurt, you know, and those nails and wire and stuff. Then I was redoing the room and, and, I, and I had a little block it, had a little big board set up in a block in the room so they couldn't go down and I had a canister of dog food. I said, where can I put this? The table's full of stuff. The counters are full. Everything's full. I said, I'll just put it in there for the moment. And I turned to walk. I forgot about it. I put up that barrier. And I, and I tumble down. And church, as I was tumbling, I could see my world falling, passing before me. But I came down the corner of that canister. And my left eye hit the corner of the canister and it shattered the canister. 
and a couple of pieces of sharp plastic cut around my eye and a couple of pieces of sharp plastic went into my eye. In less than a minute, fluid was licking from my eyes in less than a minute. Everything got dark, 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 dark. I couldn't see a thing in the world. Well, I told my son, I said, buddy, I think I should go to the ER. I went there. I went there and they began to check me out and they took a big old glob of uh, this cream, this ointment. Sweet little nurse. She said, honey, she says, I'm gonna put some of this stuff on your eyes. She said, and, uh, and I, was, I was supposed to throw the thing away, the rest of the tube away. She said, but zip your lip, just put it in your pocket. Because I know the doctor is saying you need this. It's going to cost a whole lot of money for that. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> and that's another story. And so I couldn't see a thing in the world. And the next morning I went to the, the doctor. The doctor says, Reverend Johnston, he begins to check it out. He took the bandage off for the night before. He said, in all probability, you'll never see again from the night. In all probability, you'll never be able to see again. At the very, very best, there's a partial blindness. When he said that, something rose up on the inside of me. I said, Doc, I appreciate what you do, but I believe my God is going to bring complete sight back to my eye. He says, Sir, I said, I believe my God's going to do it. He says, Sir, I said, I appreciate you, but I am looking at my God. He said, whatever, whatever. Well, the next day, I woke up and guess what I did? I started confessing the word of God. I've got a healing covenant with my God. I am the healed of the Lord. Come on now. My health shall return to me speedily. I woke up the next day. I still could see a thing in the world. Blindness, darkness all around. But I kept on speaking the word of the Lord. I've got a healing covenant with my God. I am the healed of the Lord. I didn't just say that one time. I didn't just proclaim that one time. I didn't confess that one time. But I must have confessed that literally hundreds of times every day. Well, guess what? I woke up the next day and guess what? I could see, I could see, I could see. Come on, shout amen. I was so excited. I called the doctor's office. I told the girls that I got to come back in right now. And she said, but you're not scheduled to come back for another few days. I said, but I got to come in now. And she said, but, oh, but we, we don't have any room. I said, I don't care. I got to come in. I got to come in. Got to come in. She said, what's the urgency? I didn't tell her. But I went in. She made room for me. I went back. You know how they put their chin on that thing, you know, just kind of look at ass. And that doctor, he did that. He looked at it. And the first two words out of a mouth was this. He looked at me. He said, he said, my God. I said, exactly. Hallelujah. He said, Reverend Olang says this. He said, you don't even have a scar on that eye. And you've got 20-20 vision. That's better than it was before. Come on, shout amen. Hallelujah. How many of you would say, I need Jesus, the Son of God, the Son of David to touch my life? Come on, say amen. Everybody that's here right now that needs healing in your body, I want you to get ready, get ready, get ready. Also, if you're bound, oh, emotional problems, hell's been walking on you, fear, worry, depression, anxiety, discouragement, get ready tonight is your night. And the third thing is this, 
If you're here tonight, you'll say, I need my God to supernaturally intervene for me. You're going through a situation right now, and you're saying, unless my God intervenes. That's what happened to the lady in Whitesburg. She was saying, I don't have a miracle by the next morning at 9 o'clock. Maybe you need a right on, writing down miracle. Come on out. But if you need healing your body, if you're going through emotional problems and attacks and heartaches and trials, or you need a divine act of God's intervention, raise your hands up right now. Come on. Something just hit me. Keep on playing softly, ladies and gentlemen. How do you appreciate the praise team? Come on, say amen. You know, sometimes you don't know what somebody's going through. I look out at a crowd like this or other crowds and you think you know. He's saved. He's spirit-filled. She's a child of God. But you don't know some of the stuff they're going through. You don't know. But I was at a motel in Boston, Massachusetts last month. Well, it was first Sunday this month. This month, April. And I was checking out the motel that Monday morning. As I was checking out, the, the girl behind the counter, I mean, she just gave me the what for. I mean, she had an attitude. I mean, she was radical nasty. She had a ratitude. Come on now. <laughs> and when she did that, all of a sudden, I want to rise up and get right back at her. Come on now. Come on now. I felt like having a fit of carnality. <laughs> Come on now. But as she just, wow, I started to give her a what for, but all of a sudden the Lord said to me, he says, son, remember, the baby cried. He said to me several, several times, son, remember, the baby cried. Remember, the baby cried. Remember, the baby cried. You're saying, what do you mean, the baby cried? Well, years ago, a friend of mine was flying from Los Angeles back into Houston there, George Bush Airport. A long flight, about a four-hour flight from, from LAX to George Bush Intercontinental. As he was on that plane, there were several members of the church. I feel the Holy Ghost. Ooh, my God's right about here. But uh, she came out. Raise your hand and say, thank you, Lord. Ooh, she came out. But uh, he was on that plane, and several members from the church were with him. They were coming back from a missions trip. And they were flying from Los Angeles back to Houston. And right across the aisle from him was a lady holding a baby that four-hour flight. That baby didn't just cool a little bit. That baby screamed. That baby cried so loud for four hours straight. Nobody could sleep. Nobody could talk. Nobody could think. Nobody could work. Because that little baby, so loud, cried. The flight attendants would say, does the baby need something to eat? No. The baby sick? No. The baby went? No. That baby cried and everybody was getting so perturbed. And my friend, he was sitting there, he said, I couldn't say anything because my church members are with me. Come on now. <laughs> but about 30 minutes before they touched down in Houston, the man sitting right in front of her, this far away for four hours, this far away where the screaming baby for four hours, he broke. He snapped. He turned around and stood up. He said, lady, for the love of God, will you shut 
that blankety blank baby up. That baby kept crying. That lady looked back at him and said, Sir, I would love to shut this baby up, but I'm not this baby's mama. This baby's mama is in a casket in the cargo hold of this plane, and this baby is crying for its mama. That man turned around and slid the back down. My friend says, I'm so glad I didn't say a word. Now this is not part of my message, but somebody needs this. And so they were getting off the plane. Back in those days, you can still meet your family and friends at the gate. So he said, lady, the baby, go ahead, go before me. And so he let her first and she's walking the aisle, the plane still crying. She get out the plane crying. My friend's right there. And as soon as she get off the plane, there's a man standing there, and the lady gave that crying baby to that man, and immediately, just like that, the baby quit crying. My friend turned and asked the lady, said, excuse me, but who is that man? And she said, that's the father. Sometimes you're going through all kinds of things, but all you need is the arms of the father. And people said, what's wrong with that baby? The baby sick, crying, teething. Need to be changed, whatever. Sometimes, and I looked at that lady then in Boston. He says, son, remember the baby cried. And I said, what do you mean? He says, son, you don't know what's going on. Maybe her boss told her when she came on, today is your last day. The doctor could have told her a few days before, I'm sorry. You've only got a few months left to live. Maybe her husband told her the night before, I hate you. I'm leaving you, divorcing you. You don't know. You don't know Sometimes what people are going through. When God just spoke to me to tell you this, remember the baby cried. As you go your way, there will be people, and sometimes they jump out, they flare up, they have a attitude. Come on now. But church, can I tell you this? Remember the baby cried. I love you. And I just want to say this before we shift gears. This is my first closing. My first closing. Jesus is here. Jesus is passing this way tonight. Maybe they come up, you don't have to, because he's here. And this is your moment. This is your window of opportunity. The door's been open. So in faith, if you begin to cry, Jesus, guess what? Your cry of faith will stop him, and he'll meet you at your point of need. Do you believe that? I know this morning we had a number of people that raised their hands for, I don't know, maybe first time commitments, maybe recommitments, God knows. But look at me right now before I turn it back to Brother Roland. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you know what's going to happen? If you died right now, let's be honest, you can go to hell. Well, I'm a good person, you'll still go to hell. I do what is right, you'll still go to hell. Jesus said, except a man be born again, you must be born again. You must be born again. Years ago, I'm originally from Alabama, the Holy Land. Roll Tide. But I'm from Virginia. We won the National Basketball Championship. Come on. Hallelujah. But years ago, I was preaching at a home church in Alabama. I gave an altar call. I said, if you don't, know the Lord is your Savior. I want you to come up here right now. I look back at a man 
I've been in that church for about 30 some odd years. I've been part of that church for about 10 years and he'd been there about 20 years before that. I said, if you know the Lord, get out of your seat and come down here. His name was J.T. Whirl. Brother J.T. got out of his seat and started coming down and I said, well, maybe he's coming down to pray for those who will come. Maybe he's coming down because there's another need in his life. Everybody else is thinking the same thing. What's he doing going out? Surely not for salvation because he's been a part of this church all these years. Well, that morning, he came down, others came down and I led him in the sinner's prayer. He prayed the sinner's prayer. And after we prayed for everybody, he told the pastor, Pastor, I've got to say a word. He said, what is it, JT? He said, many of you wondered what he's doing going down. I'll tell you why. He said, I've been coming to the church for about 37 years, but I've never been saved. I've heard great message after message on salvation. And I sat through times of conviction over and over again, but I shook it off, I shake it off. But this morning before I came to church, if I would have died, before I came here today, I would have gone to hell. He said, but something happened a moment ago. I prayed that prayer asked Jesus to be my Lord, and I've got a, a witness deep within. I know I'm saved. Can I say this? About three months later, he got promoted to heaven, hallelujah, but he was saved. A lot of times people come and he said, if, if I'm asked to pray, I can pray. He said, you hang around in a good church long enough, you can learn the right words to say, come on now. I support this church with my times and offerings. It's worth it, I support. I believe in what this church is doing. I'm a good man, but I was never saved. Maybe you feel like well, I'm a good man, a good woman, but if you've never been saved, what's gonna happen? Three weeks later, was it, no, three months later, three months later, JT died. But guess what? If he had not come down that Sunday and gave his heart to the Lord, he would have died in his sins, and JT would have gone to hell. What about you, church? Do you know that you know that you know that you know? Later on, I talked to him. I said, when you come down, he said, well, if I would have gone down, what would people have thought about me? They would have said, hey, what's JT going down? He said, finally, I shoot myself as myself. It doesn't matter what people think about me. What matters is where I stand with my God. And I'm asking, where do you stand with your God? Every head is bowed, please. Every head is bowed. Every head is bowed. Every head is bowed. Without exception, no one, no one, no one looking around. I'm asking you this question. Where do you stand with God? JT, world died three months later but he went to heaven. But if he had not got right with God this Sunday, he would have gone to hell. What about you? Do you know that you know that you know without a shadow of a doubt that you're saved and you're ready to meet God? So right now if you're here and you've never been saved, you've never been born again, you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, and maybe you say, I used to live for God, I used to walk with God, I used to serve God, but I've turned my back on God. and I'm not living for God like I once did. Will you pray for me? I will. I want to pray for you, church, so right now if you're here and you've never been saved, are you away from God? You want me as a man of God to remember and purge you? Not where you should be, but you want me to pray for you. Would you just raise a hand right now? Put it up. 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 Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? God bless you, young lady. Is there another? Come on, put it up high. Put it up high. God is talking to your heart. Put it up high. God is dealing with you. You hear that still small voice? Raise that hand and say, yes, God bless you, dear lady. God bless you. 
Is there, is there another? Before we pray. All right, everybody look up, look up, look up. Everybody pray this prayer, but especially if you raise your hands. Say, Heavenly Father, I need you in my life. I'm asking you right now to take over my life. Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. You willingly gave your life for me. No man took your life, but you laid it out willingly for me. You died for me, but you rose from the dead for me. Death cannot hold you down, but you rose from the dead. You're alive forevermore. You're the living Lord. I believe that with all my heart. And I ask you right now to come into my life. Be the Lord of my life from this time forth and forevermore. And from this time forth, I will live for you. I will serve you. I won't turn back. But with you and for you, I'm going to keep on keeping on all the days of my life. Amen. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. And if you pray that prayer, he heard you. What do you do now? You read the Bible every day. This is a good book. I promise it is. I know the author personally. Hallelujah. What else? You pray every day. What else? You find yourself a good church. And I recommend this church. And one more thing. Above all, you may blow it. Guess what? You will blow it. Now, you may not realize this. You may not believe this. I know it's hard to believe, but I've been saved for 47 years. But I have sinned since I've been a Christian. It's true. I've sinned since I've been a minister. True. And you may blow it tomorrow. But church, for you there's no condemnation. Just get up. Know he loves you. He'll help you on the way. As I turn it back to Brother Roland, let me say this. Thank you. I love you, Island Church. The end of next month, I'm going back to India. Brother Adam, I said we're talking about going back to Nicaragua. I was really praying about it last year, but that's the time all the riding broke out, and I knew God didn't allow me to go there. We're praying about going back to Nicaragua again. And, but pray for me next month as I'm going to India. Well, the day, Brother Chris, sometime. Amen. Hallelujah. But it's like, why am I going? Why not go to places like Calcutta, India? Why not go to places like Port-au-Prince, Haiti? We were there in February. I don't go there to vacation. I don't go there to sightsee. I go there for one reason. It's called souls. As I go my way, I'm going to ask you just one thing. Just remember Brother Danny. And just say, Lord, bless him as he goes his ways. I love you, church. I bless you. Amen. I've had a wonderful day. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah.